today. Please stand with us today. If you're new here today, welcome to Hill City Church. We're so glad you're here with us today. We're just gonna, we're just gonna give God everything that we have today. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, we're just gonna come into the house of God today with a praise to step above whatever is trying to distract us, whatever is trying to tear us down, whatever is trying to bring us down. We're just gonna give Him all the glory and all the praise today. Amen.
give this praise right now. from the top of our lungs like we mean it. Sing it out. Say, to worship you I live, to worship you I live, I live, to worship you. Yeah, yeah. To worship you I live, to so worthy, God. God, there is nothing and no one as good as you. Lord, we stand here today with everything we have, everything that we are, just to honor you. We take those things, God, that are holding us down, those burdens that we're carrying, we lay them at your feet, God. We take the opportunity, God, to be brought up to where you are, on top of it. No matter what we're facing, no matter what trials we go through, 
you are good. You and you alone are worthy. We honor you today with our praise, God, for you are worthy of it. You and you alone. Fill this place, God. God, touch every heart in this room with your spirit today, God. Just sweep through, Lord. Let your presence just abide here. We worship you, Father.
face-to-face meetings with God and then for some reason right after that you can be facing one of the hardest times in your life he teaches us he teaches us in those times where we can meet with him so closely that in those times of trial in those times of heartache that he's he's already taught us where he is he's already taught us how to get back to him i encourage you today don't lose sight of where he is to you don't lose focus if you're going through something today remember reconnect find him he's always been right there There's things that will try to pull you, pull you away from him. Just take a moment. If you have to close your eyes and remember, remember where he is to you. Find him in this moment. He's right there. He's always been right there waiting for you.
Father, just speak to us today. When we see fire fall down, it says in the word, Lord God, it says in your word that you are, you are a fire, you're consuming fire and your presence, that's what it would represent. And I pray right now, just consume the things that we are consumed by in this room, God. Just quietly, just take a moment. And if, if this is, uh, you know, the first time you're praying this week or if this is many prayers, I pray that we just take a moment, just bow your heads and just, just quiet for a moment, God. Heavenly Father, we welcome you in this place. And let whatever is consuming our lives, if it's fear, if it's stress, anxiety, if it's financially, Lord God, relationships, whatever it is, whatever is consuming us, Lord God, you consume it with your peace, God. And you fill us with your peace, God. And then fill us with your joy, some of us, we just say, Lord, we lay it at your feet. Just whatever is on that, consuming your week this week, just lay it at God's feet. What that means is that we just give it to God. Like you make an exchange, you make a transfer over to God and say, I, I don't want to carry it, Lord God. So we lay it at your feet. We thank you. We honor you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. You guys can be seated. You guys can be seated. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Ooh, I'm booming. That's the spirit of God. No, I'm just kidding. Good morning. Yeah, as the, as the guys are uh, popping up the lights, and just glad you guys are here. And uh, as, the, as the men come forward, and we're going to receive the offering. I know a lot of the parents are over in the uh, children's area right now. We're having a... Ch Parent Children Day. We, I believe uh, that is super important for us just to, man, just to honor our children as we honor Christ and we honor God. And, and uh, I always use this verse for, um, for offering where it says in, in Matthew 6.33, to seek first God's kingdom. I think this is something that we don't do one time. It's something that we have to bring forth every week. What does it mean, God, for my life? You know, do you ever... You ever wonder what does how how do how does God play out in my life, and what what do you desire me to do? Because a lot of times we say, God, I want to do this. We have demands on God, like why is my life this way? Why is it going this way? But there's a, God demands a, a a a kingdom that we seek His kingdom, and then He says everything else will be taken care of. And sometimes we 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 are so caught up in the everything else that it's hard to seek God, right? And I, I pray even right now, wherever your, you, your mind or your heart or your emotions might lie, that everything else, can we trust God with everything else as he trusts us for him, for as we seek him. That's how, that's how worship works. That's how the kingdom of God works. That's how our relationship works as, uh, with God as we trust him with everything else. And we say, God, I just put my trust in you right now and faith in you. And more than anything, like oh, we've been saying this, pretty consistently faith is more about faithfulness and loyalty than you think about the, the quality of your strength 
of your faith. We think it's the quality. I'm, you know, I'm not full of faith right now. Some, no, sometimes it is just to stand in it, right? So in, in a, in a uh, relationship, in a marriage relationship, it's not always how you feel about the relationship. Sometimes you just have to stand in it out of loyalty and in faithfulness and in strength. And in standing in it, there is a growth that's happening. There's a continuation that God is growing you. And in that same way, as we walk with God, let's stand in faithfulness more than a feeling or emotion of just faith. Say faithfulness. Yeah, faithfulness. That when you read the Bible and it says faith, imagine in your mind, it's always there, the word faithfulness. And as we are faithful to God, even in the hardships, even when we don't understand, man, that's when God starts to grow us and teach us and give us peace. There's nowhere in the world that you can find peace for your hearts and your minds other than Christ. I absolutely believe that. You have to find peace in him. So as we give today, I pray that God fill this room with peace, all right? Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord God, it says, seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and everything that we worry about, that we are anxious about, that we're fearful about, that we are hurt about, that we are dealing with, would be added unto you. It would be taken care of as we take care of our relationship with you and stand with you and remain faithful to you, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would find the people, the families, the Hill City Church faithful, Lord God, not just emotional faith, but faithful, loyal, standing, enduring, long-suffering faith, Lord God. I pray, help us love well, give well, and even suffer well. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Please pass those out. At this time, we have something special that we would like to do. Candice, would you like to come up? I, this, is, this is just to show you that what's going on in the children's. But I, I just want you to introduce them and just talk about our friends. So a lot of our parents are with the kids today because it was bring your, uh, bring your parent to children's church. So uh, if you don't see familiar faces by you, that might be where they're at. Um, so if you're in here and your kid wants to bring you to children's church, feel free also to do that. Um, so right now we have a very special um, Thing that we're going to do, and we're going to have Aaron and Kristen Wurtz come up with baby Gwendolyn Suzanne Wurtz, and so we're going to dedicate her today. So if you guys can give her a hand, she's the cutest little redhead baby you will ever see. She's got her kicks on with her dress, so she's real stylish. Do you say hi? supposed to do so um we actually have known these guys for probably i don't know like eight ish years um i think of how old micah is and then i think it usually goes about that way um but kristen and aaron are just an amazing couple if you've never had the chance to get to know them you should and now also baby gwen um because she's pretty awesome too but um we have just been able to watch uh, God do some crazy things in their life. And um, so I guess, and we don't have to totally even go into detail, but we've just seen miracles in their life. We have seen um, Aaron survive a crazy crash um, with a broken back. And um, 
things like that. And then we've seen Kristen go through just um, a really hard time that no one knew if she would come out of it. And um, all of that, even in all of that, they said, you will not be able to have children. And um, so God is proving <laughs> those people, whoever they were, wrong at this moment. Um, and so, yeah, it is... Um, it's just so cool to be able to see God work in people's lives once they say, like, God, I submit myself to you. Or even sometimes we even struggle, you know, but they know that God is still there and they know that God is still faithful and they know that God has given them truly a miracle when they were told, you will not, you will not have children. And um, so it's really cool. And I would just encourage you in that way. When you invest yourself, and John's going to talk about this a little bit today. When you invest yourself into others, you get to go through the hard times and the really good times with them. And so don't hold back from doing that because they are so much a part of our lives. And um, we wouldn't have it any other way you know and but you get to go through those times together you get to hold each other's hand in a hospital or you get to rejoice when you like a miracle comes there is a baby and so we just want to encourage you guys today even with their story and um it might sound so simple to you right now their story but it is complicated but god god is has his hand on this family and so we just want to dedicate um Gwendolyn, Suzanne today, and um, it's also their anniversary, their six-year anniversary. So many, many more to come. And so it's a special day for them. So if you guys can just help us in dedicating Gwendolyn. And uh, we do baby dedications because in the Bible, in 1 Samuel and in Luke, uh, both uh, Samuel, who was the first uh, prophet of Israel, and Jesus uh, were both dedicated in the temple and uh, more than anything we just uh we just are doing what they did and 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 the dedication is not now she has salvation the dedication is saying that we honor god and we want to uh, give god the, the thing that is most precious and i say to you guys um like enjoy these moments i i think that um and, and a parent any parent can tell you like these moments go so quickly and uh, I remember them, them saying, they're going to go so quickly. And I was like, when you're in it, it doesn't feel like it. When you have a little baby, you're like, these moments are, are forever. <laughs> uh, but you are going to miss, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. And, uh, and we don't only dedicate the child and the parents, but we dedicate the church. Because we believe that we are, uh, we are all raising a child. And we're all, all watching out for Gwendolyn and, and praying for the best on her behalf. And and uh, praying for Kristen and Aaron, and and uh, and that's what we're doing today. We're dedicating ourselves. We're dedicating the parent as we dedicate Gwendolyn. She's doing something so cute. It's awesome. Um, but uh, can I hold her? Can I just? Yeah, will she let you? She might let Candice. Everyone likes Candice, though. All right, hey, just bring her forward. Yeah. Say hi. Oh my good. She she did it. She works. She's working the room right now. <laughs> But let's pray. You guys want to come right over here? Let's pray. So cute. I love you. She's like, she, she doesn't know about me. She likes me some days. Not right now. <laughs> but let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for Gwendolyn, Lord God. What a gift that you have placed 
in Kristen and Aaron's life, Lord God. And I pray for these uh, parents, Lord God, these friends. And, I, and six years of marriage, I know every year has not been easy, but Lord God, but you have grown them. I pray their love continues to grow as they love Gwendolyn and love one another, Lord God. And I know that the best thing that they can give Gwendolyn is a beautiful marriage, God the best marriage possible. And I pray for their marriage. I pray for their hearts, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, you keep them strong, Lord God, but give them great purpose, God. Sometimes we can't live without purpose, Lord God. It is the, it is the fire in our soul, Lord God. And I pray that purpose for this family, Lord God. We honor you like Gwendolyn be the strongest, Lord God, the smartest in class. Give her just 50% uh, sass and 50% sweetness. And uh, we, just, we just thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Give him a hand. Give Gwendolyn a hand. Hey, you want to get a picture? And uh, we're going to give them this called uh, the, the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's, if you have a kid, we think this is the best thing you can give them. But go ahead. You guys take a picture together. But I'm going to just, yeah, right over here. Dog noises. Right here. Perfect. Right on. And here you go, Aaron. I, I love that Bible because it, it, it takes every Old Testament story and relates it right back to Christ. I'm like, man, I wish I had that when I was a kid. Uh, it would have gave me a lot more just uh, focus. But thank you, guys. Give this family a hand. Have you ever come, like, uh, have done something at your job and you think everything's going wrong today? Today feels like that day. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of trouble with sound and things like that. You guys wouldn't know, but we were running around until the very end. And I was like, I was sat in the back and I was like, dear God, let me not focus on the stress. So I'm going to just pray for God's peace for myself and for you guys. But I feel like this, this message today is maybe one of my most important messages that I can speak this whole year. So I want you guys to hear and listen and but i believe it's going to be so important so i'm going to we're going to pray pray for yourself that god would speak to your heart and pray for god's strength in this room but let that every distraction will be removed and that we would uh, we would see jesus we would encounter him heavenly father i know today is crazy but what day isn't crazy there's no complaint in me god there's peace god we get to dedicate babies we get to see one another in this room we get to honor you. We get to hear your message. I pray there is no complaint in me. But more than anything, I believe there's an urgency in my heart, God, to hear this message because I believe this is the direction you're taking our church, Lord God. Slowly, step by step, Lord God. Movement by movement, breath by breath, Lord God. We are breathing you in, Lord God, and we're trying to understand you deeper, Lord God. And if we can understand your purpose for our lives, Lord God, I believe that no one can stop a person that understands their purpose, Lord God. And I pray that today that will happen. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Good morning. So uh, how's your summer going? Summer going good, right? Kids are off school. So it's like, if you're a kid, you got summer break. And if you're an adult, it's the same thing. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, is it different? Nope. Now I have kids in the house, so now you're doing even, even a little more if you're, if, you, if you're a parent and you're working. And, and it's funny, but, but I still love summer. You still get your tan on, right? And, but you got yard work. Anyone doing a lot of yard work lately? Any, ooh, there's our kids. Anyone love yard work? 
Yeah, there's some people who love yard work. Anyone hate yard work? Thank you. See, these are the people I love. Thank you. I see that hand. I see the hand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but to, I, I, I don't know why I hate yard work so much, but there was weeds everywhere. And I had uh, my, my kids, my, I had them out yesterday, and they were pulling weeds, right? And, and it's, they're so good at disappearing, right? If you're pulling weeds in the front yard, they're like, we'll pull weeds in the backyard. Then you come in the house, and they're playing video games downstairs. This is literally what happened yesterday. And I was like, how did you do this to me? I was out there for an hour, and you were playing video games for I don't know how long. And, and so I yell at them, and they come out, and they pull about three more weeds. And then mom's like, come on, let them go. Let them play. And I'm like, oh, I'm all upset inside. But, you know, we got to listen to Candace, right? But uh, we've been, uh, I don't know why I'm going off subject, but I'm going to come back to this, all right? But, uh, we, you know, we've been in this series called Meet Jesus. And, it's, and uh, we're actually on... Uh, uh, message 29. And more than anything, more than anything, I, I want you to know Jesus. Because I believe as we really get to know him, not, not, not the Jesus that fits our way of life, our schedule, or our feelings. Because sometimes Jesus will hurt our feelings. But the beautiful, missional, radical, grace-filled, truth-standing Jesus who changes lives. And sometimes I don't feel like we're always meeting him because we're trying to set him up to be someone else. Right? Because sometimes the words of Christ are very heavy, but we know there's a longing in us that there has to be more for our lives. And you, sometimes your will has to demand it more than your feelings want it. You got you to willfully go after Christ, and it's hard. It's like wanting to, like, it's like working out sometimes. You want to, there's, you want to do it until you do it. You're like, nope. You know why I don't lift weights? Because they're heavy, Right? But, uh, but I, want, I want us to meet Christ who calls us into his purpose, his kingdom, into his world to have a, this deeper understanding of even this world that we are walking in today. But I want to ask this question. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus of the Bible or have we been caught up with the Jesus, an American Jesus? And it's hard because we live here, right? We live in this world, and we're caught up in the cultures of this world, and then we read the cultures of the Bible, and we try, try to transform the cultures of the Bible into the cultures of our world. We're trying to merge Jesus into our world in, instead of merging our lives into Christ. And that's a very difficult thing at hand because we do it subconsciously. We just do it. And, and so today I want us to turn to Mark chapter 10. I'm going to do that again. We're turning to Mark chapter 10. Right? We celebrate the word of God. And this is one major statement that Jesus makes. Normally I read you a, a, a grip of scripture, but I'm, I'm going to just read one verse in Mark 10.45. And many of you guys have heard it. I'm focusing on this one major statement because Jesus says this almost as a shout. You can see the intensity when he says this because he's headed to the cross. The disciples are lost doing their own thing, and Jesus makes this statement. And if we would choose to receive it, believe it, and live it, I believe it will transform the way you see your life and the way we see this world. And so we're going to read this, Mark 10, 45. It says, for even the Son of Man, and when, we, when you look in the Son of Man, that word, word, Son of Man, you look it up in the Old Testament, it means the Messiah. So Jesus is talking about himself. He says, for even the Messiah, even God himself came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. A ransom. Think about that. That word ransom, what, what, we're going to break that down. But it's saying, as we dig in, and, and we're going to dig in right here, and we're going to go back to my kids, right? 
But have you ever told someone the same thing over and over and over again? Right? You say the same thing. Pick up your socks, John. That's what my wife says. <laughs> Pick up your socks. I'm like, I'm going to wear those again. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, no, you're not. Put them away. Pick up, pick up your, uh, my kids, they say, uh, like, I, I was saying, like, okay, we're going to pick weeds today, right? Or, but over and over again, we say something, like husbands to wives, wives to husbands, bosses. If you're a boss, you know you got to say the same thing over and over and over again. And then once you're done, you got to say it over and over again. Any bosses, managers understand that, right? You're like, I already told you that ten times, but I'm going to tell you once again right? But have you ever told someone that you're telling them, as parents you know this, my wife Candace, she is incredible, but she tells the kids and me sometimes, I put that in parentheses even in here, to clean your room, right? Pick up your socks, stop fighting, eat your food. I mean like every day you got to tell your kids the same thing. You would think that they would get it, but they don't, right? They, you, you would think that they would get it. The kids even pretend that they can't hear Candace. It's funny, they're, they're watching TV or they're doing something, and they even pretend they can't hear her. And they take her kindness for weakness until the hammer drops, until Candace gets her shout on and she's all red-faced. And I look over there, and I'm like, and then I all quiet down. I'm like, oh, oh okay, I, I hear you, babe, right? But then when, the, when Candace yells at the kids, they get all hurt. Like, I didn't hear you, Mom. I didn't know you wanted me to do this. I didn't know, right? And I'm like, I'm, I look at them, I'm like, shut your mouth, right? But, but the issue is not in the hearing. Isn't that true? The issue is not in the hearing. Because if I said, let's go to Yogurt Yum, my kids could be down the street on their bikes and they would ride in like, like little orcs from Lord of the Rings, right? In the minds of Moria. Right away, they would, they would surround me. Let's go to Yogurt Yum, Dad. I'm like, how did you even hear that? Your hearing is so good. But then you say, pick up your socks. They're like, like nothing, nothing. And so I see this. It's not an issue of hearing. It's an issue of something totally different. It's an issue of the heart. But this is true also for us. We think that our kids are crazy, but I wonder how crazy we are, right? Because in our walk with God, he's always speaking to us, leading us, and we can't hear it because it's, it's not because we're hard of hearing, but because there's an internal battle that we're facing of our desires. I wonder, like mom's voice, after hearing it over and over again, we begin to tune out God's voice, God's words, God's convictions. It starts to tune out. And we see this with the disciples and all over Mark. In Mark chapter 8, 31 to 32, it's Jesus tells the disciples, I will suffer and be rejected. In Mark 9, 30 to 31, he says, I will be killed and raised up in three days. In Mark 10, 32 to 34, it says, I'm headed to Jerusalem. I'll be mocked, spit on, flogged, condemned to death. And the disciples will look at Jesus and they're like, I can't wait until you become the king and I'm going to be on your right side and left side. That's literally, that's what they're doing. They are, they are, doing the opposite of what Jesus is saying. Jesus is telling them over and over and over again, but they can't hear it because of their intentions of the heart. Because of what they want doesn't look like the outcome that Jesus is going to go through. Think about this for a moment, right? This is a really big thought. Sometimes we really, really struggle with God because what we want is our desired outcome does not match what God is doing. So when it doesn't match what God is doing, we think we can't hear God when actually God is trying to lead us away from what we're thinking. And so we're like, God, I never heard you because we're caught up in our own picture of God. And so what does following look like then? We heard it, 
but we didn't hear it. Think about this for a while. In our faith, we can miss God trying to fit Jesus into our view of life. Jesus is not an American Christian. Jesus is not everything you think he should be like. Man, that's why we have to look into the word of the Bible, looking for our desired outcomes, how Jesus loves me, heals me, makes it easy for me, bless me. And I want to ask you, if Jesus gives you purpose, blesses you, heals you, and I want to say these words, for what? What's the purpose that he does that? And, there's, and it's a twofold purpose, I, I get it. And so, if God is going to bless you, heal you, like, and speak to you, what is that for? And so, this is the desire of the disciples. They're like, Jesus, how, how can you, like, make my life better, right? That's their, what they're thinking in Mark chapter 10, 8 and 9. And, and so, Jesus gets his shout on, like Candace would, and in verse 45, he says, I don't know what you're thinking or what you're plotting, but I did not come to be served. I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life away as a ransom, a payment for many. And the word ransom in the Koine Greek means instead of, in place of, a substitute, a substitution. The word is used buying, it's used in in that time for buying freedom for a slave or a prisoner. So this word ransom is very serious. It's a sacrificial payment uh, to match the debt owed, a payoff, a ransom, and a rescue, an exchange of tremendous cost. It's not this little word that we see that we think Jesus is trying to make a strong point. No, he's saying it's a ransom. It's a payment that needs to be made, an exchange. You might be thinking, okay, God, if you're a loving God, why doesn't he just forgive everyone's sin against him? Why can't we just be square, God? Why the harsh penalties? Why the ransom? Why can't you just overlook my sin, right? And first, we need to understand this, and this is a huge point for all of us. We need to understand this about love, that all life transforming love is sacrificial. Real love is always going to be sacrificial. And that's why I, I, I tell people, people in high school like don't get too serious about dating because you're not really in love because you're not willing to sacrifice you're saying oh you make my life better everything you say is about how it betters you so you understand right away that that's not love that's not love you get that's that's all emotion baby they're like no and they say stuff like no one had a love like ours right and you're like that's what everyone says right and so uh, it, it's so interesting. We think, we think of an idea of love, and, it, and we got played, man. We got played by Disney of happily ever afters and all these crazy things, and we think that's what love is. No, love is standing in loyalty. Love and faith go hand in hand. It is all life transforming love is, tra- is, 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 is it's sacrificial. Say sacrificial. That's right. Think of it this way. If you love someone who has it all together, right, I, it's easy to love. Um, it's, my, my wife doesn't have it all together, but it's very easy for me to love my wife. It really is. She is smart. She is, she is serving. She is loving. It's very easy. She doesn't, I, don't, I don't see major problems in her life, even though it's probably me. I'm the major problem of her life, right? But I don't, I, they, they, they're easy to work with. They're not perfect, but they're high-functioning, wise people, and it's easy to be around my wife. It's easy to be friends with her. 
it doesn't cost most people anything to be friends with my wife. You want to be friends with her. She's just that type of person if you know her. It's enjoyable. But have you ever tried to love someone who had substantial need? Who had a, like a huge, painful background? Someone in trouble? Someone emotionally wounded? No matter what, it's going to cost you. Don't look at your husbands right now. <laughs> right? No matter what, if you see someone's life and they have substantial need in their life for you to be friends with them, stand with them, walk hand in hand with them, I'm not just talking marital, I'm talking about in any relationship, if it's going to cost you. It is. And, you, and, and let me be real with us. You can't really love them without taking on yourself their pains and their problems so if you say it's their problem it's their pain then you don't really want their friendship and you're not really in it you're not it's an exchange an exchange is needed their problems transfer on to you no matter what you know this you know this we try to play it off like it doesn't we know that and it's an exchange, it's an effort, it's sacrificial love, it's heavy, it's stressful, it's exhausting. Some people are exhausting, right? You're like, they're so exhausting. I'm so glad I got it together. Man, but let me say this. Someone stood in there with you so that you could be healed. Someone stood. You think that you, you we say things like, man, I did this myself. I, that's garbage, Someone stood there with you. It could be a parent. It could, be, it could have been a boss. But everyone has a story of someone who sacrificed on your behalf, stood there, believed in you, held your hand, and came back. I was telling someone this week, there was this man named Robert Slater in my life when I was in middle school and high school, in the beginning of high school. He was, a, he was my black youth pastor in an all-Korean church. And usually Koreans and blacks have weird relationships, just, just being straight honest, right? And so this guy was so giving, and I, would, I was, oh man, I was the worst. Like in, in, in church, I was the worst because my parents didn't go to church. They sent me to church as like discipline, like John's being bad, you're going to church. I'm like, no, not church, right? And so, and, and this guy, Robert Slater, he would never give up on me. I would say the most obscene things constantly, and he would say, I'm picking you up next Wednesday. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I had nothing else to do. I'm like, sure. And then I would drive him crazy. He actually, he was a, he was a army, um, um, he was in the army, and he was, uh, what, are, what are those? He was a chaplain, army chaplain, a mailman, and a youth pastor of two churches. He wanted to change the world. And one of those churches was an all-Korean church, and he was a black man. It was awesome, right? I'm like, that's cool. And he would pick me up every Wednesday, and I would, like, say the worst things possible. I'd get kicked out, and then he'd call me. I'm picking you up on Wednesday. I'm like, all right. And slowly, man, this for years, this happened. And slowly, my heart started to change because I was so emotionally damaged, just honestly. I was so damaged that I didn't know how to accept love, especially from a, a, a male figure in my life. I didn't know. All the male figure relationships that I had was, was uh, abusive. So when a man tried to come into my life and try to stand for me and love me, I could not accept it because of the amount of damage that I was in, Right? And so he would constantly come, and every Wednesday he would pick me up after. I would wreck, like if it was a youth group, I would, I would mess it up. 
I won't even tell you the things that I would say. But then he would say, I'll see you next Wednesday. You need to pick me up again. I try to get a hold of him. I can't find him just to tell him, man, I love you. You changed my life. And he probably doesn't even need to hear it. But there are some people who have to pay the price so that you can be healed. And if you are healed and you are more full, I pray that you are willing to pay the price that someone has paid for you. It's an exchange. And, and, it, and it's hard when they're emotionally damaged, right? But if you do nothing, if you choose to do nothing because it's, the weight is too heavy, they will stay jacked up. If you choose not to take the pain of the person that you love, they cannot change without you because no one can do it themselves. No one can do it themselves. I'm going to say this aloud. You couldn't have done it yourself. No one could do it themselves. There had to be men in my life like Robert Slater, Jamie McIntosh, these men in my life who walked with me, Pastor Bososa, who, who were willing to extend and be in pain because I was a psycho, right, until I could heal. And now I take on healing as well, and I believe that's my calling because it is, Right? So there's no I did it myself. Parents, you know this. Your children are literally called dependents. You know why? Because they can't do anything without you, right? They can't eat without you. They can't learn to read. They can't, they can't, you, they, they, everything they have on their body, you paid for, right? They, 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 they can't do anything without you. They're dependents. They can't grow from dependency to sufficiency without you. The only way dependents grow is if you, the parent, give up independence for 20 long and grueling years. You're like, that's not true. It's absolutely true. And sometimes longer, right? They're still living in your basement right now. You're like, yep, right? You're still not paying rent, right? Thank God they're cute. Thank God when they're babies, they're born so cute, and, and you fall in love with them, or you'd be like, uh-uh, you're paying rent, right? But, but, it, you, but if you choose not to sacrifice, not to give, not to teach them, not to read to them, not to help them make decisions, not lead them to Jesus, who will do it? Who will wipe them, right? Unless you sacrifice your freedom, your time, your energy, and your goals, your children will not grow up healthy or emotionally prepared, right? Parents that aren't willing to pay the sacrifice, the ransom, because it's hard, it disrupts your life, your goals. These children grow up physically, but they're still children emotionally. And, and the truth is, some of us in this room, and we're still paying the price of our parents because they weren't willing to pay the price. Still, some of us are looking for fathers in this room. Some of us in this room are still looking for mothers. It's because of what happened prior, because we still have a dependent heart. And so God is healing. Either you suffer temporarily or your child suffers tragically. All life-transforming love is sacrificial. It's for ransom. It's an exchange. And sin, God is just, and he had to deal with it. 
And for it to be removed, he had to pay for it. And we could not do it, so God did it himself. The creator came into creation as a willing sacrifice, paid the cost for sins, gave his life, his death for our life, his rejection for our acceptance, his brokenness for our wholeness. That's the cross. That's what we represent. Imagine that. That's what we represent. Think about that for a moment. You represent the cross of Jesus. So now what? If Jesus came not to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for you and me, we, either, we can either say, thank you, Jesus. Thanks for loving me, for giving me, serving me with a grateful heart. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. And that is important to get, to be in love with the grace and the cross and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and be in love with Jesus and to be thankful. That's so important. But it can't stop there. Huge words. It cannot stop on us. It cannot stop with us. If we don't get it, if Jesus came to serve and not to be served, how can we sit back and receive grace and not give it? How can we be consumed by God's love daily, yet hold it back from others because it costs us? Of course it costs you because it's love. If the Son of Man came to serve, we are called to serve. If God has healed you, filled you, loved you, forgiven you in the exchange for his taking on our sickness for his wellness, we must do the same. Tag, you're it. Tag, you're it. Tag someone next to you and tell them you're it. And if you don't get this part, you don't get Jesus, and you never will. That's harsh words, but I'm just telling you. If we don't understand this part, we get Jesus as Savior, but we don't get Jesus as Lord. We get Jesus as, like, the guy who's, who loves us, but we don't get the standing in obedience. Tag, you're it. You're it. Stop. Don't stop the flow of God with you. Don't stop his healing with you. Don't stop his love with you. Don't stop his message with you. Don't stop his grace with you. It cannot end with us. It cannot end with me. It cannot. It cannot end with Anthony. Hill City, it can't stop with us that we receive God's love and grace. It cannot stop with us. And I'm going to build this further. And this is a huge statement for us. If you can turn to Jeremiah 29. If you have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah 29. I'm going to break this down for you pretty hardcore too. Most of us know Jeremiah 29 for, the, for verse 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, right? We're like, oh, I love this verse. Like we memorize this verse. Oh, I love Jeremiah 29. If you've been in, the, uh, in, in, in church for a while, you know this verse. It's probably on your walls, right? It's somewhere on the walls. He has a plan for me to prosper me, not to harm me, to give me a hope in the future. And then I want to ask you, what are those plans? Because it's in Jeremiah 29. You want me to read you those plans that God has for us? Let me read you this. Let me give you backstory of Jeremiah. The people of Israel have been defeated 
their city has been destroyed. Many of the Jews were forced into live in Babylon. And in this moment, we would totally understand if the Jewish people were upset, right? You would be upset. They just destroyed your city, killed a bunch of your family members. Now you're stuck in Babylon as kind of slaves, kind not. They're kind of using you. And you would understand if they isolated themselves and were vindictive and angry. But look what God says to his people. In Jeremiah 29.4, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty God of Israel says to those who have been carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse 5, Build houses and settle down. What? Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. It's, it's odd. Why, why are you telling me to plant myself here? Put roots down, God. It says, verse 7, this is so important, right? Seek the peace and prosperity of this city, which I have carried you into exile. God is saying to them in their chaos, in their hardship, I put you there. I put you there. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, if the city prospers, you too will prosper. Listen to this. He says, I want you to make this city great. Put your roots down, plant, grow, marry, live, serve your neighbors. Even if they don't believe what you do, don't do it begrudgingly. Pray for it. Love it. Seek its prosperity. Seek, if we live in Thornton, you seek the prosperity of this city and for its peace. And you bring heaven down right here. Don't isolate or separate yourself and say us and them. There's no us and them. God called you. If you're in this room, God called you here. And as the city prospers, you prosper. As the people grow, heal, change, and flourish, you flourish, heal, change, and grow. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope in the future. They are my plans done my way. I'm not asking for your plans. God is asking us, will you trust me with my plans? The church was never called out of the city. They were called into it, even in the worst of times, to be sacrificially loving. You were not called out of your workplace. If God gives you an op uh, opens doors, then let him open doors. But wherever you are, wherever your two feet are, you are called there. Marcy, you're called to your school. You're a pastor there. Anthony, you're called to your new workplace. All of us are called to the place that we are at. Stop crying and complaining about what you're doing. And let's switch gears in our calling. The purposes of God, wherever you are, there you are. And if we understand that, then let God work you right there. Let God fix you and heal you right where you are. You are called there. If you're called there, man, put some roots down. Put a, like, tag your it. You're, you're it. That's just, it's your turn. If not you, then who? Who will reach these teenagers of this city? Who will reach that single mother, that suicidal son? Who? We were, we were at the vigil last night for, um, for uh, Kaya Campbell, that 10-year-old girl, like three blocks from here, maybe two blocks from here. She lived, uh, she was right there, and then she was murdered right down the street from here. And we were at the vigil last night. And uh, my son Ezra, he was looking at 
all the, all the toys and the teddy bears and the balloons. And he said these words, why do they have these teddy bears and balloons? She can't play with them. And uh, uh, it was intense for, for that moment. And uh, the city was coming together, and, we're, and we just thought about that for a moment. And Candace said to Ezra, that's why we have to take care of the people right now when they're alive. You are called to them right now. Don't be so busy that we forget God has a plan for us, and it's right now, right in the city, to reach uh, the Caius, to reach the teenagers, to reach your neighbor. Who will do it if you don't? Will you sacrifice and ransom your time and your life to follow Christ? And don't answer that quickly because we've already answered it with the way we are living. You know what I mean? We were like, yeah, I'll do it. No, I don't want to. Yeah, I'll do it. I want us to look into your life and say, is there any ransom at all? If Jesus himself came to serve and not to be served and give his life as a ransom, you look at your life, is there any ransoming? Is there any serving? And if not, we don't serve the Jesus of the Bible. Man, that's hardcore. We, but I have to get it there. We serve another picture of Jesus that fits into our story a little better. I know that coworker drives you nuts, man, but you're called to him. You're called to her. I know. They're crazy. You know why they're crazy? Because they're jacked up and they need someone to stand with them and go through it again. Yeah, they're going to suck the life out of you. Yeah, their conversations are going to be weird. But will you stand with them? Let's stand today. In this room, I believe there's parents. Some people need parents. There's mentors, teachers, friends, coaches. Will you take the pain and take the hit and believe that they could be healed through your hurt? Oh, we don't like that. Because everything, our prayers are normally God. Please keep everyone safe. Keep life easy. Make sure nothing goes wrong. But can we start praying a little different? The way Jesus prayed. I did not come to be served, but to serve. And I know that my life is a ransom. And if our God, our mentor, our vision is Jesus Christ, I believe our life should indicate the same. Some of us, we've been coming here for a while. And we've been afraid to be planted because we've been hurt. And we've been afraid to be really committed to the church. And I don't mean the organization at all. I always, when I say the church, mean to one another. Some of you, you need to open your lives to one another. You do. Not because you need them, but they might need you. Can we think that way for a moment? This city needs you. The family of Kaya Campbell needs your prayers and maybe needs even a meal or whatever right next door. I think many times I too have been afraid because I'm unsure of how much time, how much effort, how much pain it's going to require of me. But I ask us 
Will we trust the purposes of God? Like I said in the offering prayers, as we seek God first, it's the same prayer in Jeremiah. As we seek the prosperity of the city of those around us, I will take care of you. I will prosper you. I will not harm you. I will give you a hope and a future. We like the outcome, but we're not going to get it first. We have to suffer well, give well, live well. Will we be disciples? Let's pray. I believe God has placed you here for a reason. If you, tomorrow you just say, hey, I'm going to just invite my neighbors every week for a meal or sit on your front porch instead of your back or just say, I need to do something, a coat drive, a backpack drive, whatever it needs to be to reach your neighbors because not because you can get a notch on your belt, but because you love Christ so much, you understand what he's done. And if he serves, we serve. If he loves, we love. Just do something. God has called us into this city. Someone said to me this week, what if I get hurt, John? I say, what if you do? But what happens to those hurt people that need you if you don't? God, give us your heart as we give you ours. For even Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom. Heavenly Father, you have called us into this city. And you love us so much that you won't let us stay where we are. You won't let us stay calm. You won't let us stay in levity, Lord God, where everything's, Lord God, easiest for us, Lord. I pray, can we be the answer to suffering, God? And it doesn't, you don't need to do something great. You got to just do something in a great way, something small. God, I pray, I believe you're speaking to our hearts, God. As we look to you, how can we receive everything about the cross, yet hold back because it costs us? Everything will cost us, God. I pray we trust you with the outcome as we trust you with our purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you guys. We're called to our city. Give God praise. And if you have not connected in this room, I pray that you connect with someone today. Don't leave these doors without connecting to someone. Give someone your number. And man, get into someone's life today. Amen. God bless you.